Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac, today. Jordan Lopez could not make today's episode, so it'll just be the two of us today to go over some uh, recent news. Uh, I, know, I see uh, like no Broncos media outlets have covered this, and we have to be the first people on it. Um, so last night, apparently, uh, Pastor Tan... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply had some words for uh, the, all the comments and everybody coming at him about Devontae Adams. It's been going on for months and months and months since that Week 11 matchup last year. Um, obviously, for those of you, a, lot, a lot of you guys that know, um, Devontae did have some words for him after that overtime um, win in Denver against the uh, the Raiders. Um, he obviously said in that in that like post game where all the Raiders players are going crazy and everything, he, he told uh, the camera he's too young, he ain't there yet, he's not there yet. Complete, you know, you could say anything that you want about that. That was kind of uh, that definitely had me ticked off after the game. And I've been I've been like a big Devonte fan over the years. And to see him say that, I definitely uh, I wouldn't say I lost respect, but it's just the trash talk of the game. But at the same time, like what you're saying is not making any sense. But anyways, um, so Pastor Tan did have some. Uh, he did have a reply for that. Uh, obviously, for those of you guys that caught it yesterday on Instagram, he actually commented on an Instagram uh, on that Instagram post um, by one of the big uh, outlets. I think it was like. Bleacher Report or ESPN. I can't remember who it was, um, but he did have a response to that. I'm pulling it up here right on the screen uh, because I know a lot of you guys will say that I'm capping because Sertan actually did delete this comment, so I got to show you guys the proof, and I posted it on my Twitter as well. I caught it before he deleted it. He left it up for an hour, and what he had to say to that post was, and the post was just the quote of the Devontae Adams and what he said. So Sertan, after uh, several months, he finally says, I see all I like to say with this topic lol the shit doesn't bother me or shit doesn't but uh, budge me so it's pretty obvious that um he's basically uh you know finally admitting to uh, everyone that like he's not bothered by this and it showed it by not responding to it for several months um which i you know as a fan, um, you like to see like you're you're obviously a lot of Broncos players and you know with Sean Payne coming in, they're not wanting to give into all this drama and all this this talk and all this controversy. Um, but you know, Sertan finally voiced his opinion on it and he basically said it the most honestly, the most real way you can say, like this is isn't bothering him. He's just looking forward to that week one matchup against um the Raiders in Denver. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this matchup because it's just adding more spice and more spice to this opening game. But J Mac, what do you have to think about uh, what our cornerback uh, one had to say about uh, Devontae Adams and the trash talk he had for him? Uh, I mean, it was I was actually kind of like you know surprised that he responded in the first place because he doesn't you know usually respond to stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but I knew I mean, he had to say something you know regarding like the last game or whatever you know when um, Devontae went to the camera decided to talk trash to him. And, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I feel like Sertan kind of had to stand up for himself because, I mean, everybody was just running with this, you know, like Devontae owns PS2 and they're not going to look at the full story. They're just going to look at the one play. Like that, That's what everybody does. They're going to look at the one play at the end of the game where it looks like he got mixed in the middle of the field, but they won't tell you he was blown coverage. But he got mixed in the middle of the field and Devontae hit the walk off and, you know, the rest is history. But, I mean, Sertan, he's going to shut all of it up week one. 
I mean, Devontae's a great receiver. I'm pretty sure he was feeling some type of way, people comparing the young corner, you know, saying the young corner shut him down. And I felt like he, you know, kind of got in his head a little bit, as you could tell. But um, I think Sertan will be fine week one. I feel like he'll come out there and just do the same thing he always does, strap up. Yeah, and obviously we're huge Pat Sertan fans on the show and all of Broncos country is. And it, it, it gets really annoying seeing all, seeing all these comments that Sertan, and especially Raiders fans, saying that Sertan is the reason that uh, Devontae won that game. Oh he was playing he was playing zone. His assignment was to cover the underneath a route. And it was a, it was a safety's job to come pull over and uh, you know um, pick that up. And I believe it was Justin Simmons uh, that actually wasn't able to get there in time. It was either him or Kareem Jackson. I remember in the clip seeing uh, – Justin Simmons I'll have to go back and watch that play on the all 22 but I remember seeing Justin Simmons being the last one to really catch up to him as he's uh, celebrating and getting that walk-off touchdown um so yeah for everyone saying that Sertan got completely dusted and burned on a touchdown yeah, that was not his assignment he was in zone on that play um Evero was scheming up the safety to be able to pick Devontae on that on that play and that and don't get me wrong that was an incredible route by Devontae um Nick Benito was getting some serious pressure on that play and Derek Carr steps up uh, drops that dime. That was just a good play, man. We should not have put ourselves in position in that position in the first place, especially the offense. I mean, come on now. Again, so that, yeah, that. that game was very that man. I was just telling someone the other day that game seriously gives me nightmares. Like that was one of the worst games last year. That against <laughs> the, easily the worst, the worst hated team in my eyes, the Raiders. And then it happened in overtime after we already had several over like overtime heartbreakers like that. That game really sucked, man. Yeah, I mean, that whole game, I think, wasn't that the game? Wasn't that Melvin Gordon's last game, too? Because he fumbled early in that game, right, didn't he? I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole game, I remember, like, it was just one play where I think, I can't remember at the end, it was some Josh Jacobs play. I think he almost fumbled or fumbled, something like that. Was, the game was very just close, and we could have we could have won it in so many different ways, and it just, yeah. it just didn't go our way. But, I mean, all that's about to change, so that's all I got to say. Yes, all sir, I, I like that. Yeah, week one, man, I cannot wait. Like the the Raiders and Chiefs games, I think I could speak for uh, all the Broncos country. We are pumped as hell for those division games just because the losing streaks, and we know we're a much better unit with the additions we made this offseason and Sean Payton. Any uh, Raiders and Chiefs fans out there, you know, Chiefs, obviously you guys, you guys deserve to talk your crap. You really do. But Raiders fans, you know, just like Tim Patrick said on the show, it, it's one thing to be confident, but it's one thing to be, you know, some fake thugs and not be great cocky. and be talking, yeah, and and being cocky like that. There's one thing when you're uh, when you're the Chiefs, and then when you're the Raiders. So that's why, honestly, Raiders, the Raiders fans, the Raiders organization, everything kind of ticks me off a little bit because there's definitely a cockiness to them. And I know you guys have a win streak over us the last, you know, three years or whatever, but. Like J Max said, that's about to change. So, um, what Pastor Tan said, Pastor Tan said, um, he didn't say anything wrong, and I, I, you know, I'm glad that he finally he, you know, he defended himself here. And it's like he didn't, he, didn't, he clearly wasn't bothered by it because if he was bothered by it, he would have said like right away, like on Twitter the next week after he said that, or even the next day, and kind of shot back at Devonte. But he waited several months, and he still wasn't even putting taking a shot at Devonte. Like I'm sure he respects him as a football player. Um, even though he, you know, didn't really uh, say the the kindest words to the camera, um, I definitely think he is there. And he, uh, even if he is still young, he's the best corner in football. So, um, you know, maybe Devontae realizes that after uh, the 
season uh, wrapped up and, you know, he made a first team all pro and uh, was selected to the uh, Pro Bowl as a starter. So um, I'm really looking forward to these matchups next season, like for Pastor Tan against Devontae and then Pastor Tan against Justin Jefferson. Those are going to be some premier matchups, especially after uh, PS2, like shut down Jefferson big time in the Pro Bowl. I know it was just a flag football game, but he completely clamped him and had that pick six. That was uh, really cool to see as a Broncos fan. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, man, this schedule in this season, he's gonna be facing a lot of those guys in the top five. Possibly, you know, people say top three receivers: Jettas, Diggs, and uh, Devontae twice. I mean, and Ty, he got to face Tyreek too. I mean, it's gonna be a test for him this season for sure. Exactly. Uh, so I want to ask you next, staying on topic of because uh, today's episode is just gonna be solely on our best uh, player on this team, uh, Patrick Sertan, the second. Do you think he uh, he got the better of Devontae over the course of those two games? Because if we dive into the numbers um, from that uh, that week four matchup, actually um, against uh, Devontae Adams, it was definitely uh, it was definitely I would I would honestly give that in the favor of uh, of uh, Patrick Sertan because um, I want to go ahead and uh, pull up his uh, his stats um, right now against Devontae according to Next Gen Stats. Um, he had a seventy one percent shadow rate target percentage. Um, he covered him on thirty five routes. He allowed only allowed eight targets and of those eight targets only allowed 50 percent of them with four for 46 receiving yards so uh Devontae definitely got him on a few plays but it's not like he was owning him the whole game and against you know arguably one of the uh a top three uh receiver in the nfl even top two um i think pastor 10 did a pretty damn good job and a uh, yeah. 1.3 yards average target separation <laughs> that's just ridiculous tied for the second most tight window targets um in a wide receiver corner matchup over the last three seasons with five that that is pretty ridiculous i think in my opinion you easily got to give this one to ps2 yeah i mean like watching that game i mean sertan was just all over them and they they like the raiders targeted sertan early they were going after him they didn't fear him and i mean he stepped up i mean you saw he 25 out of 35 plays he was on Devontae. That's a lot. I mean, in 46 yards for someone like Devontae Adams isn't anything. People, you got to remember, this dude was in Green Bay getting 90 yards minimum a game. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? So, Exactly. Yeah, I think you have to easily give this one to uh, Devontae. And then uh, the next game um, against uh, the Broncos in uh, Week 11, Devontae, uh, according to some sources, we can't like, confirm this. We'd have to go through the film and tape of that whole game. But apparently, out of the uh, 141 receiving yards that Devontae did have in that game, um, he caught 85 of them for two touchdowns. They say that that touchdown and at the very end to win the game was against uh, PS2. I would have to respectfully disagree, but... Um, I think uh, probably mo uh, both of us would agree that Devontae did win that game um, against PS2. But just be just because you know Pastor Tan did uh, win that first matchup, who would you give this? Uh, who would you give uh, both those games to? Like in total, did PS2 or Devontae get the better of each other in 2022? Um, yeah, I mean in week 11, it was kind of, it was one of those weeks that you know didn't like just kind of everybody was. That game was so frustrating. I mean, just as a Bronco fan watching it, we could have just won that game. Just I feel like so easily, just bad coaching, bad execution. But I mean, Devontae and PS2, I would give week 11 to uh, Devontae. I mean, he did get the two touchdowns. He had, um, I think, was it 80 yards, 80, 85 yards on him? Yeah. Um, and, if, you know, I regard Stratton as the best corner. So, I mean, I mean, Devontae's still going to get his regardless. But, um, I mean, yeah. I, in my opinion, I think he got PS2. I think the two touchdowns could have been avoided just a little bit. I think the last one was kind of up in the air. Um, 
a lot of people say it's just strictly Sertan's fault, but I, I think the first one was he got beat on, I think, on the post route, and Kareem Jackson was a little late on the help, but he just, I mean, Sertan just got beat. That's just what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I, I say Sertan definitely won the first one. I think the first one he kind of shocked Devontae and the Raiders a little bit because they were just, like, early. They just were going to target him, and he stepped up, and in the second game, you know, he kind of got a – me maybe, maybe got a little bit comfortable, and Devontae, you know, got him. Bit them on some routes, but um, I would say they kind of split last year. Split, yeah, that that's fair, and you can't really give it to either one. Um, I know, uh, you know, Broncos fans will say it's PS2, and Raiders fans will say it's Devontae. Nobody's going to really admit to uh, the the opposing player, yeah. uh, especially on a ri rivalry team. Um, you know, uh, basically, you know, owning them as a lot of fans like to say um, over the course of the season. So I would have to agree. It was really like a split matchup. I can't say you know PS2 won the whole year because the Raiders didn't win, win both of those games, and Devontae did play a part. And winning both of those games so um then you know that is to be considered so i would say they split uh, but i will say ps2 uh he definitely got the better of him in that first matchup that was just like a really a really really cool game i feel like even though he gave up the four catches for 46 yards over 10 yards per reception like you said that's not a lot for Devonte. at the same time i feel like that's a real that was like the game where like a lot of broncos fans were like okay passer 10 is probably like the best corner in the nfl yeah. like he that was like the game where like yeah, this guy is legit. Like, this is like arguably the best receiver in the NFL. He's putting on locks. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think what stood out was the was was the pass breakups. And I think with him exactly. just being physical, it's hard to be physical with Devontae because he creates so much separation, especially at the yeah. line of scrimmage. And to follow him, you know, to track him, follow him, and then break up a pass on him multiple times. I mean, that's that's hard to do, man. That's not that's not easy. And I feel like I knew he was gonna be crazy this year when week one he came out and just was physical against DK. DK is arguably yeah. the most physical receiver in the league. Like, I feel like everybody yeah. can agree with that, regardless of what you got to say about his drops and everything. But physical from a physical standpoint, dude's a brick wall. And Sertan held his own. And, like, he broke up passes, was tackling them. I mean, he he roughed them up a little bit. And DK was even on the sideline laughing. And I I think he made a video about that, too. I yeah, think he, <laughs> yeah, I did. yeah, DK was on the sideline like, yeah, that's, that, that's Pat. I mean, he just – he's crazy, man. Like, yeah, that matchup was awesome. Week one matchup. I think we like underappreciated that. Like, I, I didn't even realize it until I made that video and then the, a few weeks ago or a few months ago. I was like, that was a hell of a matchup. And PS2 completely owned him, like, to be honest. Like, he yeah. only held him to 35 yards uh, against DK, who's looking to have a breakout season. That was really, really cool to see. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah, those, but obviously, PS2 showing what he can do in only a second year. You can only imagine that it's only going to get better. And that leads me uh, to my next question for you. What do you think uh, is in store for PS2 in year three? And what do you think he has to prove with uh, Vance Joseph taking over as the defensive coordinator and play caller? Um, someone who runs a very uh, heavy man coverage scheme. Do you think Pastor Tan is going to excel in that? I know he had a very uh, wide mixture and variety of uh, you know zone coverage, man coverage, um, just kind of getting to spy on receivers when he was able to um, in Ezra uh, Evero's uh, scheme last season. But how do you think he's going to do in a more uh, heavy, uh, heavy man coverage scheme in 2023 we don't know if that's going to be exactly what vance joseph runs because we we have heard rumors that vance joseph is going to adopt what christian parker and ever were doing last year but what do you think uh, is in store for passer 10 year three and what do you think he has to prove to the nfl since he already has proved basically everything that you can i don't really think he has to prove too much i think that the thing of what the thing with corners is is consistency and on a week-to-week yeah. -week basis i feel like that's how you get judged on what you do on a week-to-week -week basis if you get you know, 
cooked one week and then come back and do great and then that cycle repeats, you're not going to be considered really a great corner. But if you go those stretches like Sertan did where he's not getting targeted, I mean, like I say, for corners, empty stats are the best stats. And that's that's just the truth with it. I mean, um, but I think consistency, I mean, it's going to be a little tougher task for him. You go through the schedule, he's playing some – He's playing some like elite talent at receivers this season. Like things are gonna be even worse than it was last year. But I think the main thing with him just consistency. He's gonna have tons of help around him, and um, safety is gonna be there. But if if they're gonna run man coverage, I think it's gonna be fine. You're gonna see a lot of little nicks there. He may he may allow catches here and there. I mean, every corner does when you're playing a receiver. Like you're gonna get God just the same way how uh, quarterbacks and receivers get God by corners. He's gonna get God some plays. Uh, pe- people may say he may even drop off this year, but I. I won't say it. I just think it's just he's still young. He's he's gonna be in year three. You know what I'm saying? And he's gonna yeah. be playing some top level talent. I mean, you never know. He's got to play Jettis, Cooper Cup, Devontae. Those are the anti-reek. He's gonna get got a few times. I mean, that's just and he's got to play DJ Moore again. I mean, Garrett Wilson. And these are all through like the first five weeks of the season, coming out just with crazy talent. So I mean, he's gonna get got some plays, but I think overall consistency, he's still gonna show he's a top three corner, top two, and I think um, I think I'll have a good year. I don't think he'll have as good as a year as he did last year. It's going to be very hard to, like, replicate that. But I think he'll still have a great Pro Bowl year, all pro year, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly still expecting the first team all pro and uh, Pro Bowl year. I feel like he uh, he still has some competition, certainly. I mean, you uh, you see guys um, like uh, Woolen in, uh, in Seattle is definitely going to be coming. Um, and then the, there's just a lot of a lot of really young talent at the corner position. And um, he's obviously, uh, like you mentioned, all the matchups, the pr- uh, premier matchups this upcoming season. He's getting a lot of recognition from uh, people around the NFL. And that only means yeah. that they're going to scheme up, scheme up for him. Literally, they're going to have them right on their notepads uh, in the drawing board every single week uh, for the, the teams that are going up against him. And they're going to have to specifically game plan against him. And uh, Jordan brought it up on one of our uh, previous episodes about how he feels like um, there's a certain possibility. And I know Chuck Pagano d- discussed this as well, the former Colts head coach, that Vance Joseph does plan to scheme, um, you know, Passer Tan as one of those guys that's going to shadow your wide receiver one on a weekly basis. And not only just on a weekly basis, but most of the game, because um, we, we have seen Vance Joseph do that in previous years in his defenses so that's going to make uh, things even tougher on uh, ps2 but he is our best player um he's he's almost always available knocking what he's he's able to stay healthy and be able to be that premier corner one um on our team to follow those uh, starting receivers around because it's a very tough matchup uh you know on paper this year for him but i think he's up i think he's up to it man like i think he's going to be one yeah. of those athletes that like gets better and better with the years i feel like yeah, um, I mean, you you got legends talking about this guy is going to be one of the greatest of all time. And, I mean, first team all pro just seems like it should be a guarantee at this point. I mean, I wasn't surprised with the, you know, the list came out that he's number one. But, I mean, I feel like this year, though, maybe it may be – I don't want to call it a down year because I don't think he's going to have a down year. I just think it's not going to be as good as last year. I think he – but I think I think he'll still be really good, though. It's just – it's hard. Coming out the gate, he's got Devontae week one, Terry McLaurin week two, Tyreek week three. DJ Moore week four and Garrett wow. Wilson week five. Like that's the first five weeks of the season. And he's going to be going at it. Like that's going to, like that's, that's going to be tough. I mean, he, he may, like I said, he may, I think he's going to get God a few times just because it's just, those are some of the best receivers in the game. I mean, it is, but um, I, I think PS2 will hold his own, but I, I'll say this out of any corner in the league, I don't think any other corner is going to have a, a tougher schedule than that. And then that's not even listing digs and Jettas. So that's, Amari yeah, Cooper, exactly. 
Yeah, it's going to be Keenan Allen still. I mean, it's going to be tough, man. Very, very tough matchup. I'm definitely looking forward to that DJ Moore uh, rematch. I'm going to be in person for that. That's going to be a really cool one because a lot of Panthers fans were chirping after last year. And, you know, to be you know to be fair, he did get uh, got a lot in that game by uh, DJ Moore. And he got absolutely dusted on uh, one of those uh, routes on the right of the sideline. I remember that yeah, play still that. like the back of my hand. But I'm definitely excited for that rematch, man. I'm, I'm excited to see how he's going to match up against DJ Moore in Chicago now. Um and like I mentioned uh, previously, J-Mac mentioned as well. Um, so according to uh, executives, NFL executives, players, coaches, and scouts in a recent survey, they had PSU ranked as the number one corner in the NFL. So I feel like this is just another stamp on against the people that keep saying that Sauce Gardner is the best corner in the NFL, which I still I still think is complete cap. Um, I think PS2 <laughs> is definitely better than him. I'm not saying that Sauce Gardner is far away from him because I think he's – I honestly, I feel like out of all the Broncos fans, I'm probably – one of the higher ones on Sauce Gardner because I feel like a lot of people are all I always see in Broncos group chats, comment sections, them immediately clowning Sauce for you know the calling him you know PI Gardner or whatever whatever they want to call him because there was a lot of uh, you know defensive play uh, pass interferences that they felt like should be called last year that weren't, um, especially that one against Cortland Sun. I know a lot of fans got gotten irritated by. I still think Sauce Gardner is definitely a really really good corner. I wouldn't say he's like a one B type corner. I think you just put him right at two, but. I, th- I still think he uh, very, very good. Um, so what did you take away from those rankings by NFL players, executives, coaches, and whatnot? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. I feel like this puts an official like stamp on uh, Pastor Tan as the best corner in the NFL. Um, his technique is just absolutely insane. I don't think it's going to take uh, Sauce Gardner a while before he gets to that uh, same kind of uh, elite status, in my opinion. Yeah, I never really thought uh, Gar- Sauce was better than Sartan, but I have – a lot of respect for Sauce. I don't clown him. Mm-hmm. I think he's still. I always put him at two. I think Sauce is the second best corner in the league, and that's not that's not a bad thing. I mean, he's behind Sertan, and I feel like I mean, corner list is going to change a lot. It's going to probably change next season. Sertan might not, might not even be one next season. They might give it to Sauce, but I still think um I think Sauce is still a hell of a player, man. He's going to be one of those great corners too. I know everybody talks about Sertan. I love it. That's our guy, of course. But Sauce is Sauce is. It's not. It's not, I don't think he's that close to Sertan, but I mean, he's still really, really, really good. I mean, this guy was all pro. I mean, as a, he was all pro, right? As a rookie? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty I mean, crazy. Yeah. I mean, come on now. This dude's a rookie. They, they drafted him that high for a reason. I mean, he, he was insane in college and he just is insane in the league. Uh, I mean, but the ranking itself, it wasn't mine. I dropped mine today. Um, but I mean, okay. I feel like, I feel like not having Tariq Woolen on there just a little bit crazy. Hey, I mean, but I think I mean the, the rankings were fine. It's one of the better rankings I've seen out of ESPN because they've dropped some horrendous and I mean horrendous list over the years. That just is ridiculous. But I feel like these these are actually pretty good. I was surprised they put Sertan at one and didn't put him at like seven. But then again, though, but but then again, in my in, in their defense, in in everybody's defense, though, this is this was voted by NFL executives, coaches, scouts, and yeah. players. Not e- I just forgot about that. It's not ESPN itself. But I mean. Yeah, it was just reported on by ESPN. So that's why I actually like wanted to bring this up on the show because if this was just ESPN writers and analysts and stuff, yeah, I would instantly not be talking about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just like – even like in the NBA, their lists have just been absolutely like horrendous. Like every time they drop a list, it's just an immediate clown show. Like – but I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I was surprised one guy they had so high was Lattimore. I was surprised they had Lattimore mm-hmm. at seven. Had they had him above Diggs, I was really surprised about that. Um, 
But I mean, all the other ones I went surprised. Jair at four, Ramsey still get his respect at three, Darius Slay at five. I mean, it's, it's not my order, but Sertan and Saucer one and two. And I feel like that's just that's what it is. Oh, yeah. And then I know uh, today's episode is about PS2, but I know they uh, they recently released another one from the NFL executives, players and all those um, that Justin Simmons is a third best safety in the NFL. Um, I believe they had a Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick above him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think Sertan, they, they had Mika and you said who else was Mika and who above Sertan? I mean, uh, Derwin Simmons? James. Derwin. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, a lot of people probably put Buddha above him and a lot of other safeties. I've always said, you know, he's three. I, I always say he's like between one and three. I feel like the safeties switch every few weeks too, though. I feel like they switch. I feel like between it's always Minka, Simmons, and Derwin, and our Buddha's always like right there next to him. But it's always going to be those three at the end of the day. Simmons, Minka, and Derwin. It's always going to be those three, man. Yeah, I wasn't really mad by that. Honestly, I love Justin Simmons to death, but I, I'm not too sure I would call him the best safety in the NFL. He's like, him and Mika are so damn close. I'm a really big fan of Mika Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I think he's an incredible, incredible safety. Uh, he's, so. he's ridiculous. He, yeah. Mike Tomlin got a hold of him and just made him – I mean, he's just like – ever since he went to Pittsburgh, his first year, I mean, Jesus – yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest on the show, and I can't always be biased. So, Mika Fitzpatrick is a dog, and I would not be mad, you know, uh, players and coaches calling him the best safety in the league. But Simmons at getting, like, five interceptions last year in, like, 12 games, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, that that needs to be considered. So, um, But, yeah, that is going to be it for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed us talking about everything uh, from Passer Tan to, uh, at the very end, Justin Simmons and all the rankings from coaches and uh, players. And then, obviously, what Sertan had to say in response to uh, Devontae Adams calling him out on the camera after that overtime loss. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and uh, all of our conversation and uh, discussion over that. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. All the support is greatly appreciated. Make sure you guys leave a comment in uh, down below in the comment section what you guys thought about today's episode, what you want to see in future episodes, and who you want to see on future episodes. If you guys are listening over there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you guys are greatly appreciated as well. All of our audience, we love you guys. I don't care where you guys listen. As long as you take time out of your day to listen to the show you were always great uh greatly appreciated um as usual uh, we've been getting a little bit more consistent with the consistent with the episodes these week uh, this week so i hope you guys enjoyed that we'll continue to push out more as training camp approaches closer and closer super excited to go uh, see that um but i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i'm your host amir with today's co-host j mac until the next one peace, peace.